Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. And we're chatting this morning with Jennifer McBroom to kick off the work week. She's with the Water Quality Protection District. Jennifer, how are you? Hi, I'm fine. Thank you. Uh, can you introduce yourself to the listeners a little bit? Tell them just a little bit about you. Yeah, my name is Jennifer McBroom. Um, I'm the supervisor for the Lewis and Clark County Water Quality Protection District. I've been with the district uh, since about 2006 as an outreach and um, community coordinator. And so just I've a lot of the stuff that I do, the work that I do is kind of uh, reach out to people in our district about water quality and quantity and how to um, drink safe water and be safe uh, around water. Uh, we do a lot of studies, um, you know, with drinking water, surface water, groundwater. Uh, that's kind of basically the work that we do. Okay. So uh, water is your world. Water is my world. <laughs> Surface water and groundwater, yes. Yeah, so the wa Water Quality Protection District, how many people, I mean, how big is that? How many people are, are, are sort of working with you to, to make sure that our water is safe? So we have, um, including myself, we have three full-time employees, and then we have a couple that are just part-time. Um, and then we also have an administrator that is our environmental health administrator. So we fall under that um, division. And so there's other components to environmental health, but water quality being one of them. Sure. So day to day, it sounds like your job is a little bit different, but you mentioned, you know, you do studies and, and a lot of education. Is Does that take up the bulk of your time? It is the bulk of our time, yes. Um, the information that we collect... Um, you know, on the quantity and quality of our water, we um, have several, several um, methods of trying to get that information out and so everybody can understand it and take the correct precautions to um, have enough water to bathe at night, wash dishes, uh, drink, and um, have enough to recreate and fish in, too. Yeah, something that we just kind of take for granted, but uh, you don't. We we can because you don't, I guess. That's <laughs> that's what's going on. You said you've been doing this since 2006, is that right? Yes. Okay. How, how do you get into that? I mean, how, how do you th – this is not a, a job that I saw on the sheet when I was going to college of – potential job opportunities. <laughs> How is this something you wind up doing? Well, that's, it's interesting. Um, I guess my background is I have a forestry degree from U of M, um, but I, um, I guess I did a lot of work in outreach, um, just um, a lot of activities, a lot of uh, sports. I did a lot of outreach that way um, through some previous jobs that I had while my kids were young. And so that just opened the opportunity to have that environmental background, but also have that outreach background mm -hmm. too. So it was kind of, it was nice to be able to fall back on my degree, but also to incorporate the work that I've been doing, you know, since 93, you know, doing outreach stuff, um, you know, that kind of complemented and, and and I got this job. Yeah. 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 Jennifer McBroom is our guest on Coffee Break today. She's with the Water Quality Protection District. She's a supervisor there. And uh, so water, of course, your thing. We're getting ready to enter the spring season. So you're getting ready here. This is this is pregame for you right about now, right? Because the, the, the potential for flooding uh, is just around the corner. It's almost here. 
It is, yes, we are getting ready. Um, you know, as the weather starts warming up, there's always that little bit of anticipation every year on whether we're going to flood or not. And there's always the possibility. Um, you know, we're looking at this, um, you know, the snow and the, and the ice that's already, you know, up in the mountains. But, you know, once that starts warming up, as we've seen, we've had some really nice days, it really did kind of um, depends on the melting snow and ice. Um, we, do, we do get a little of ice flooding from ice jams, um, even early spring rainfall that causes the creeks to swell enough, uh, leave their banks and cause flooding. And we see a lot of that from, from our local 10 Mile Creek here in the valley yes okay so is there a like like a date i mean obviously like you said it depends on the weather <laughs> and the weather's going to do what the weather does but is there sort of does you know over time is there sort of an average of when flooding season really starts here in our area so yeah it really does depend on the weather and how that that snow is melting i mean we could get you know, it looks like we're getting into the 60s this week. Um, you know, if we have, a, you know, a number of days, consecutive days, and it's still, even at night, those temperatures don't um, fall below freezing, we could see um, some flooding. And we typically see that. Um, it could be as early as May, June. Um, June for sure. That's when the rains start coming in. But you know, we're heading into April, so we could see potential flooding in April. Um, you know, it is a little early to look at our signs. I did look at our. Um, so I'm I'm saying signs. So the Water Quality Protection District has these signs that we tell everybody to look for, and I think we talked a little bit about it. But it's weather for one. Um, and then we're also looking at um, snowfall, or I mean snowpack, mm -hmm. snowpack in the mountains, our stream flows. And right now it's a little bit early. Uh, I did look at our stream flow this morning and it has changed over the weekend. I looked at it last week and our stream flows were kind of, um, you couldn't get any flows because we had, still, we had ice still on the creeks. But now it looks like that's cleared, and we're looking at about 14 CFS, cubic feet per second. Um, the, the number that we're kind of looking at for people um, to start preparing, you know, hey, look, this, we're looking at flood. You need to prepare. Get your furniture up. Um, prepare your basements. Um, we're looking at 400 CFS. So this morning it was 14. You know, we, we tell people around four, 400 to, you know, start getting ready mm -hmm. so we're a little we're a little away from we that. got wiggle room that's good news <laughs> we do yeah. we do have wiggle room yeah jennifer mcbroom is with us on coffee break this morning a few more minutes before we have to take a break uh, and we're, we're talking she's with the water quality protection district and so we're talking uh flooding which is not quite here yet but is so much of this as you said based on the snowpack and, and and snow that we get in the winter and i think folks here in our area looking around thinking you know what we had a pretty mild winter overall not a whole lot of days we had to break out those shovels but not necessarily the case up in the mountains and that's where this all starts that is correct yep so overall um, snowpack in the mountains are slightly above normal level levels for this time of year so you know i don't i don't have my magic ball my crystal ball um but if Things kind of have a nice slow release from the mountains. I think we're sitting pretty good. But like I said earlier, everything can change. We could have what Colorado is having now, and that could 
completely change our whole outlook on whether we're going to flood or not. Yeah. So we so, really need those if it's a warmer day, then we need it to cool down at night. And that way mm -hmm. it's going back and forth and not all releasing at once. Exactly. Exactly. We do like it to cool down at night and kind of um, freeze everything up and then have a nice gradual um, snow melt. That okay. is correct. So uh, probably more potential for this spring than we realize in terms of flooding, just because it was so mild here down in Helena, but uh, up in the mountains, they, we, we are slightly above normal, you said. Just slightly above normal. Okay. Yes. Um, yep, we are. And then I just wanted to say that, you know, I was talking about signs. We, the Water Quality District has a really nice website, and it's actually on the county website. And when I talk about stream flows, weather, um, snowpack, we actually even have water levels that we measure. The Water Quality Protection District measures a number of wells in the valley to kind of give us another, uh, it's another indicator of whether we're going to have you know, flooding, basement flooding, we're measuring the groundwater. So all that information is really nicely packed into a nice, um, it's called a story map, and it's actually on the county website under the Disaster Emergency Services um, site. And it kind of, it, every day it's updated, um, and it just kind of gives you a, a look into see how we're doing, how, how are our stream flows reacting to our, nice warm days, um, potential warm nights. Um, if we're going to have rain, you know, in the day that's going to, you know, contribute to the water in the, in the stream. So that's always, it's, it's nice to have that, um, information that anyone can, can yeah. access. Yeah. And we've got more information coming, but we do have to take a break. We've got to play some commercials and that sort of thing. So we're going to give Jennifer a breather and we're going to take a break, but then we're going to be back on Coffee Break right after this. I just wanted to step away from the show for a few seconds to tell you that if you miss an episode, you can always catch up. We're on iTunes, so find our show there or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Local and area events, city, state, and national officials, your neighbors doing incredible things. We talk to them all on Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. In today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, we deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across Montana. Ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com security. Welcome back in Coffee Break, brought to you by Versant Real Estate Group. Finding the perfect buyer for your home doesn't have to be daunting. Call David at Versant, 459-8565. And we're chatting this morning with Jennifer McBroom. She's with the Water Quality Protection District. And we're talking flooding. We're in the pre-flooding stage now, I guess, or pre-pre-flooding stage. We got pretty easy last year, Jennifer. I don't remember much in the way of flooding, at least here in the Helena area. I think some up in Augusta, but really it was a pretty nice year for that for last year yeah la last year it, it was pretty good wasn't it it was the last couple years we've been pretty good the last um the the last big flood that we had at least in the valley um mm -hmm. i can't talk about augusta because we did see some up there but um was in 2018 yeah and, and that they, was the big 
Yeah, and we did a lot of mitigation. The county did a lot of mitigation work up there that uh, hopefully if, if we have similar situations, some of that work is going to uh, help with any potential problems, right? Yes. Oh, the county has done quite a bit um, with their improving the infra infrastructure. Um, so, you know, if anyone has driven out there on North Montana or, or along mm -hmm. there, you can see that um, – the ditches in the um that they've improved especially in front of rossiter school yeah and that's supposed to handle i don't remember the numbers but it's supposed to handle an awful lot of water so it sounds sounds like we're all set at least out there in that area but when we talk flooding where does that tend to occur in our area of course i mean i think we know just in general in, in the valley right it does and it generally occurs um so when what we where we typically see 10 mile um, leaving its banks, leaving its channels, right along that green green metal, right there where 10 mile and green metal. And then it kind of moves forward um, north into across, um, you know, across the ag lands. And, um, and then it, you see a lot along Mill Street and then up there around Forest Vale <laughs> and Kerr, we do see a lot of... Um, flooding along there. Now, north of Sierra, um, the groundwater or the surface water is limited, but we do see um, high groundwater. Okay. Can you explain that to folks that it's not necessarily coming out of, out of a water body, but it's coming up out of the ground? Yeah. So there's two types of kind of flooding that we're typically concerned with. Obviously, it's the surface water that runs across, and, and we saw a lot of that in 2018. And, you know, we mentioned the infrastructure that the county has done and is continuing to do to improve that. Now, groundwater also, we and, and I talked about measuring um, groundwater levels. And so once we see um, groundwater rise, we see a lot of basement flooding. And so um, even though north of Sierra, we don't see a lot of surface water flooding, but we do see a lot of groundwater flooding or, you know, like high groundwater. Mm -hmm. um, but we, you know, we see basement flooding, um, you know, throughout the whole area. And so when I talk about being prepared, I guess that is one of the things that um, I'd like to talk about is just, you know, and I, I know a lot of people who have lived in that area for several years have kind of, you know, have already have their, um, you know, their way of getting prepared, whether they start moving their furniture up and, you know, a lot of times they've already moved their um, water heater and, and um, some other, um, you know, electrical work up off the ground. They've moved their light switches. Um, but I'm just, you know, I'm talking about waterproof basements. Um, make sure the sump pump is working. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like I said, a lot of people who've lived there already know how many feet of, of um, you know, hose that they need, how many sump pumps they need to get all the water out of their basement. You know, they're pretty prepared. You know, surface water flooding that that leaves their banks in, in around that green metal area, if they start seeing it like a block away from their home, they know they only have 24 hours before they'll start seeing groundwater in their, in their basement. So granted, a lot of people have kind of lived through this um, year, you know, year after year, kind of that anticipation, are we going to flood or not? And then, they, and then it floods and then they have to do all the, the cleanup and, and, 
rearranging and preparing their their basement for for you know for the next year and and hopefully that they won't have um you know flooding the next year but yeah, i'm just saying yeah. that there's a lot of people in the area that are used to it um that can can give advice i know that there is one resident in the valley that um he does you know he kind of runs down a list of everything that he does um to make sure that he's okay for flooding every year yeah there certainly are new folks in our area over the last couple of, and as we said you know last year we oh, got yes. off pretty easy and year before really not so you know it may be a little bit new so yeah go you mentioned the one you know sump pumps make sure if you don't have one and you live out there it's probably a couple hundred dollars over at the uh, you know lowe's or home depot or any one of those you definitely want to have that going uh, what do we need to watch for just in general i mean what are the signs that uh, like you said, hey, we've got 24 hours now. The folks that have lived out there, they know the signs. But just in terms of flooding in general, are there things that we should watch for that w we see as kind of a red flag? Well, the red flag for us is, like I said, we really, it's its kind of the, the weather, um, the snowpack, and the stream flow. So um, we have gauges, stream gauges on 10 Mile Creek. We actually have them on Prickly Pear. I certainly don't want to leave out Prickly Pear because they um, – you know, they, they see flooding too, but we have stream gauges on there that kind of tells us the stat, the, the flood stage, and then, and that's on 10 Mile Creek, and then the um, cubic feet per second, CFS. And so, like I said earlier, we're at 14 CFS right now, this morning. Once those, once the weather starts warming up and we can see those streams start rising, um, 400 you know, like 300, I would say, everybody, I think, in a um, in an area that has seen flooding before, and we all know kind of where those areas are, is that I would say the residents need to start looking at those signs. Um, 300, 350, I would start, you know, getting ready, mm -hmm. um, get the furniture up, get sandbags. Sandbags is really, really important. And then we also talk about personal responsibility, but we also want to talk about community responsibility too. And so we want to be able to work within our own community, community, our own neighborhood, and help those that need help. If we see, start seeing some surface water flooding, um, help our neighbors. So um, if they need help filling sandbags, placing sandbags. So we're not directing we're not protecting our own property and directing water where it shouldn't go, that we're all working together. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing. Don't, don't protect your property at the, at, at the cost of somebody else's. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Are, are there common mistakes that we make something where it's a bit like, you know, if, if we would have only done, or if we would only, you know, fill in the, the blank. I mean, it, it seems to me maybe the biggest is just waiting too long and, or just assuming ah, it's, it, it, it'll probably be okay. I mean, is, is that a big one? I think waiting, I do. I agree with you. I think waiting too long. Um, you know, there, I, you know, I talked about people that have lived in that area for, um, for years and they kind of know the system, but, um, I think it was, I can't remember, but sometimes that groundwater is, is there for so long. I mean, and I think it's impacted those basements for so long, but then we go back and then we redo everything. And so you know, it's really it's really hard to kind of know about the groundwater, surface water for sure. Mm -hmm. 
but I just would hate to, um, you know, redo a whole basement with carpet and furniture and, you know, yeah. um, and everything else and then see all that get ruined again. <clears throat> so flood insurance is a good thing. Make, make sure you got that if you're, uh, if you don't probably a good thing to have yes. that. I mean, what about the aftermath? I mean, what then? I know there's the potential for some nasty diseases when we're talking flood water, right? <laughs> so from a public health perspective, yes, it's really important to know that flooding can contaminate wells. Um, when flooding occurs, there are a few things that we like to keep um, for like, that we would like people to keep in mind and to keep their family safe. And the first thing is to keep out of the floodwaters and assume that they are contaminated. And if you do come into contact with floodwaters, make sure you wash your hands immediately, wash um, the clothes that came in contact with it also. Um, and then you should also assume that your well water is contaminated during and after the flood. And that to prepare for that, to keep on hand at least a three-day supply of water for each person and pet, can't forget about those pets, so that you can switch to the bottled water easily until you are able to test your well. And testing your well is really, really important. So after the floodwaters recedes, test your well water for bacteria, E. coli. Um, and the Water Quality Protection District takes part in a well-educated program, which is a reduced sampling program that you can get a really good price for getting your um, well tested. We all actually also have three labs in the area that you can go to any of those labs and also get your well tested from there too. Um, if you need any help in um, testing your well, if you have any questions, a lot of times people have to shock their well and that means that you have, when you have bacteria in your water, you need to shock your well with bleach to decontaminate it and that the Water Quality Protection District can certainly help you and walk you through exactly how to do that. Okay. So, you know, if, if bad stuff happens and we wind up getting uh, some significant flooding this year and folks have their wells potentially, and that, I guess maybe that's the key word is potentially. You don't want to just sort of gamble and go, well, I think I was okay, right? Like You, you <laughs> want to get that well tested. True. Yeah. Yes. So don't, do they just yeah, call you? Is, is that the easiest thing is just to, to call the water – Protection Quality District and say, hey, my well might have been impacted. What's my next step? Of course. Give us a call. We'd be more than glad to come out and help help out. Okay. Yeah, and when we're talking folks out in the valley, certainly a lot of wells uh, out there. What about if, if, if water gets in your home? I mean, is there anything special we need to do in terms of cleaning, disinfecting, that sort of thing? Can, can we have the nasties hanging out on our carpet or anything in the house? Yes. Um, so there is a lot of, you have to be um, very careful with mold. And I do know that the CDC, I don't have that information right offhand, but the CDC has some really good information on how to clean up after a flood um, with the carpets, the walls, um, mold can get in there. A lot of times people have to remove their sheetrock um, and how to keep your, how to keep yourself protected as you're cleaning up too is something to remember also and i guess it's something that we've all been doing quite a lot in the last year we got to wash our hands if we're dealing with this flood stuff you got to just <laughs> because there, there's so many things can be floating around in that flood water i mean especially when i guess when you think that you know it, it's not just your front yard that's flooding it's that farmer down the roads uh and, and entire pasture flooded as well yes yes and it's really kind of you know i don't think 
re people really think about that, you know, as you're saying, oh, it's the, you know, it's the pasture that's down there. But you are so right. It's um, when you have floodwaters and groundwaters that are flowing through there, it is collecting and <laughs> everything that's in there. And you certainly want to make sure that you keep yourself protected. Uh, like I said earlier, don't um, don't go into the floodwaters. Um, keep out of them. They always assume that they are contaminated. And please, please keep yourself clean. Wash your hands immediately um, after um, coming in contact with the waters. Yeah, the kids might be bored, but you do not now have an above-ground pool. That's that's not what we're doing here. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We, we've got about one minute left, uh, Jennifer. I mean, any sort of parting tips of just anything people should be doing right now to kind of help prevent possible flooding issues on their property, around their home? Are there things that we can be doing past, like you said, you know, sort of watching those levels and that sort of things? Are, are, are there just mitigation efforts or steps that they can take? So um, there is the personal responsibility, and I've talked about, um, you know, just, just looking around and seeing what you can do to prepare yourself right now. Get your water ready. Um, have your flood kits ready. Any prescriptions, have those ready. Because if you have water around your home and, and, and you're unable to get inside, you know that you'll still be okay with having your prescriptions. Um, Know where you're able to get sand um, and get bags. I do know a lot uh, local local hardware stores. Check with them and see if they're going to start having, um, you know, bringing sand in and having those sandbags ready. Um, basements. Start preparing those basements for flooding. Move those furnitures. Uh, the furniture. Keep those valuables, important documents. Put them in a safe place. Um, I I think. That, I think we can all start doing that right now. Yeah, yeah. it's just thinking ahead. I guess put yourself in that mind space of, okay, now my house is flooded. What did I need to get? What should I have done? And uh, Jennifer, I appreciate exactly. the, all the time uh, and appreciate all the work that uh, you're doing to help keep us safe out there. Jennifer McBroom with the Water Quality Protection District here in the county. We're all out of time on Coffee Break this morning, but we'll see you back around here again tomorrow. I'm Troy Shockley, and that's it for Coffee Break today. Be sure to check us out on iTunes. Head on over. Give us a review there. That's always much appreciated. Or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow.